You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hey, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. It's another one of our video Sunday messages. Because of COVID, they're saying that we should stay away from each other so we don't spread COVID. Uh, when it was far away, when we heard about it in other states and other places, we didn't think much of it. But now we hear uh, people that we know are either getting it or being tested because they think they might have it. And so we're taking precautions. So uh, we were meeting in the school and uh, we can't meet there anymore. But uh, we are trying to buy a building so that we can meet in the future because soon COVID will be over and we really need your support. If you are a friend of River Rock or care about River Rock or a member of River Rock, your tithes and offerings are help building a foundation, help to build a foundation for our future. So uh, the only way we can qualify for the loan uh, to get the building is if our giving is strong and uh, our people are committed. So we ask for that at that time, even though we're not meeting in per- person, we will be very soon. Uh, soon COVID will be over. There'll be a cure, a vaccine. Uh, hopefully God will just take it away. But uh, anyway, it's Christmas time. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving and now we're shifting into the Christmas season. We're thinking about Christmas. We're looking towards Christmas. Might be kind of a weird Christmas if we're not able to get together with family uh, like we have done in the past, but who knows? But anyway, uh, all through history, there's been times when people haven't been able to do what they've wanted to do, when people have cried out to God for help, and people have had needs that they've cried out to God to fulfill. And that's what we're going to talk about today is Zechariah, Johnny B's dad, John the Baptist's dad, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Today's message is when God's plan leaves you speechless, when God's plans leave you speechless from Luke chapter one, verses five through 22. I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation today. So Luke, uh, the historian that he was, decides to describe and tell about Jesus' birth under the inspiration and empowerment of the Holy Spirit and backed it up to not Jesus being born, not even John the Baptist being born, but the angel coming to Zechariah and telling Zechariah, the plan. So the plan was to set the stage for Jesus to come. And John the Baptist was a huge part of that. John the Baptist was the forerunner for Jesus to come, the announcer, the one who got the people ready for Jesus to come. And God had a plan and he's working it out. And uh, that's what we're going to read about. So Luke chapter one, verses five through 22. Herod, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. So Luke is saying that uh, Herod is king. Herod is that terrible king that would kill the infants, that terrible king who was half Jew but not accepted by the Jewish people. Uh, Whenever he did things to help the Jewish people, he did it for his own political aspirations. And Zechariah, a priest, there were many priests back in that day serving God. And so Zechariah was one of them. Verse 6, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. 
So Luke is telling us that Zechariah and Elizabeth were doing right in God's eyes, that they were people that God could use, that they were living a life that honored God, a blessable life, that they probably weren't perfect in every way, but they were doing what they knew that they needed to do to honor and serve the Lord. They were living lives that God could use. And I'm wondering, uh, are we doing that? Even in this COVID time, are we living lives that God can use? Are we being righteous in God's eyes? Are we being careful to obey all that God desires? of us. And they had no children, which was a big deal back then. So if you were a woman back then and you were barren, then that was um, not socially acceptable. People thought there must be something wrong with you, that God wasn't blessing you to give you a child. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were very old. Another reason that you're not going to have kids is because you're too old. So uh, things weren't looking good for them. I'm sure their great desire was to have children. Maybe they prayed for children uh, for so long. And so anyway, Luke is setting uh, the stage here. Verse 8, one day Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week, as was the custom of the priests. He was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. So Zechariah is one of the priests and he is uh, serving God and uh, for him to actually be able to uh, be chosen uh, to win the drawing to the once in a lifetime opportunity to go burn incense before the Lord and then come out and offer the priestly prayer before the people, usually praying for their nation, uh, was a huge deal. It was the once in a lifetime opportunity that he was chosen, but he was not chosen by mistake. He was chosen because God had a plan and it was his day to hear from the Lord that God was going to use him, that God had great plans for him. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. That is not something that happened every day to every person that went in there. It's not like the angels just kind of hung out waiting for the next volunteer to come in so they could visit. So it was very unusual. And I'm not sure what I would do if I saw an angel of the Lord. I would probably be afraid. Uh, Verse 12, Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. Wow. What would you do? What would you do if an angel of the Lord told you that? Would you go, wow, you're an angel of the Lord and I'm in the Lord's presence. So, hey, all right, that's going to happen. I would be afraid. Zechariah was afraid or at least surprised, uh, overwhelmed. Uh, Verse 14, uh, Angel says, you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. So uh, the angel is saying, hey, not only are you going to have a child, but this child is significant. This child is going to uh, be special. I mean, all children are special, but the angel is saying, hey, this child is going to be really special. Uh, Verse 16, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord, their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. So the angel is like, Zechariah. Not only are you getting a child, but you are getting a good one. Verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, "Uh, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. 
Uh, wait a second. So you just, in fear, uh, said to the angel, "I how can I trust you? Can I get a contract? Can what, what can can we do the fleece thing? What what can we do to make sure this happens? Because uh, Elizabeth and I, we've already made our reservations for the uh, retirement living center, and we were planning to move. And there's really no room for a baby there. Um, uh, how can I be sure this will happen? Because you know I've got some other things that I've got to do that I." pretty, uh, they're pretty important. Uh, I don't want to be, you know, if it's not going to happen, I don't want to be disappointed. And the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. The angel's probably like, what? I can't believe you just said that. You serious? I, I gave you the message and you seriously doubted me? <laughs> what just happened here? The angel says, but now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Whoa. So not only did he get the message, uh, but because he didn't believe, now he's not able to share this great experience. I mean, what's the first thing that you would want to do after you just experienced an angel? I'd be like calling everybody. I'm like, you wouldn't believe what happened to me. I'd be like blowing up my Facebook, tweeting. So I'd be like, Mr. Angel, Gabriel, can, can I get a picture of you from my Instagram? But anyway, uh, so this is what the angel says in verse 20. Verse 21, meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. So the people are like waiting, you know, they're standing around waiting because they're waiting for the incense to go up. This represents the prayers uh, going up to the Lord. And it was their custom. They've been doing this for a long time, uh, this custom of... Uh, offering the sacrifice, the incense, and then uh, praying. And uh, so the faithful are out there and they're waiting. They're waiting and uh, Zechariah is not showing up. He's gone for a long time. People are like checking their watches and they're like, hey, um, I wonder what's going on in there. Is he still alive? Did something happen? What's, what's going on? And uh, so then uh, he finally comes out. They're like, whoa, he can't talk. Uh, wow, something must have happened uh, in there. I wonder what he did. Maybe he made a mistake. Maybe he did something to displease God. It must be bad. We're just going to assume it's bad. But anyway, um, so let me share with you seven things that I see uh, that affect our lives that uh, maybe affect even our Christmas time and was part of this story that we heard. Number one, God may reveal his plans when you are busy doing other things. God may reveal his plan when you are busy doing other things. You know, I think personally that God often reveals his plans when we're in the middle of doing his will. I think that God shows us the course and direction of our life when we're moving, when we're moving towards him, when we're moving in him more than when we're uh, looking uh, somewhere else besides the Lord, when more than we're sitting and not doing anything. You know, it's a lot easier to steer a car that doesn't have power steering when it's moving than when it's still. So um, the same is true in our life. God often reveals his plans when we're 
were busy doing other things. All right, so Zechariah was doing something. Zechariah was serving the Lord. Zechariah was busy. Verse 8 says that he was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. So the priests uh, had the schedule when they were scheduled to serve uh, a couple times a year. And so it was his order's time. Uh, Verse 11, while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. So he is doing what he's been called to do. He is serving in the way he was called to serve. And then God says, hey, I've got a mission for you. I've got something for you to do. It's estimated that uh, there's like there were like 18,000 priests serving each year or even more than that. And uh, most of those priests never had the opportunity to offer the incense, not in their entire life. They never were called up. They never won the drawing. But Zechariah got this opportunity, this once in a lifetime opportunity We see many people in the Old Testament that God had called while they were busy. They were busy doing something and God calls up there, calls them up and says, hey, I've got a mission for you. So Moses was out tending sheep and um, Gideon was out there threshing wheat in the wine press. And uh, Elisha was out there uh, plowing with his 12 yoke of oxen. And then Elijah showed up and called him. Uh, David was, uh, in the sheep pens with the sheep. David was in the sheep pen with the sheeps, sheep, (laughs) the sheeps. And David was chosen and taken from the sheep pens. It says in Psalm 78, 70, God often shows up when we're busy doing other things. You know, sometimes God calls us to do things and we're so busy doing those things that we're like, I don't really have time for this. I don't really think that I can fit this into my schedule, Lord. But the thing that God wants you to do most in your life might be a disruption to your calendar. Sometimes when you're out for a walk, out for a bike ride, uh, doing something, working on the car or whatever, God may talk to you about your life and your future. Uh, While you're watching this video, God may lay something on your heart about your um, future, about the things that he wants you to do, the way that he wants you to serve, about your relationship with him. So, I mean, just think about it. God could be calling you uh, at any time to serve him in so many ways. Um, one successful pastor that uh, I talked to said he slept with a notepad next to his bed in case he had a good idea, insight, or heard from God in the middle of the night so he wouldn't forget it, so he could write it down. Are you prepared to hear from the Lord? Have you come into the Lord's presence and said, here I am, use me, uh, make me an effective servant so I can serve you? Are you prepared and ready and waiting for him to speak? He speaks through his word. He speaks to our hearts. And sometimes he encourages us and speaks to us through other people. Number two, God may be working behind the scenes to get things ready. Before he accomplishes his plans, maybe he's working behind the scenes to um, get everybody where they need to be, to get everything set up the way it needs to be, to help you to get the education and training that you need to have so you can complete the mission to help uh, make you successful by getting other people ready to come alongside of you. God may be working behind the scenes to get things ready. You know, Galatians 4.4 says, when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. At the right time, at just the right time, God was setting up the perfect scenario for Jesus to come. You know, the Romans brought order. They brought communication. They brought transportation. The Jews were hungry for the Messiah to come and rescue them. Elizabeth was 
missing out on a child, wanting to have a child, uh, culturally disgraced because she didn't have a child. Zechariah, as a priest, had the training and knowledge to accomplish God's mission. So, um, you know, when I think about uh, Zechariah's um, punishment for disbelief, um, I think partly it might be punishment for disbelief. And uh, maybe God knew that Zechariah talked too much and it would just be best if we keep this mission secret until Jesus comes. Because, I mean, Herod's already out to uh, destroy anything that would get in his way of success. How long had Elizabeth and Zechariah been praying for a child? How many years went by as they constantly prayed and did not see any results? Constantly prayed and waited and hoped and still no child, no baby. Luke one thirteen says, The angel says, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son and you're to name him John. So it's like, we heard your prayer. We heard your prayer all those years. We heard your prayer. Uh, it wasn't time yet. We were waiting for the perfect time. And that time is now. You know, we shouldn't get tired of doing good and we shouldn't get tired of praying. Uh, Galatians 6, 9 says, let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't give up. How many prayers do we miss out on? How many answers to prayers do we miss out on? Because we have given up praying. We have given up hope. We have given up thinking that God's going to do something if we keep praying. Keep praying. Keep hoping. Wait for God's perfect timing. That makes everything the best. Uh, years ago, uh, I was at a college where I got to work on the stage crew. So this college would put on these big uh, production Shakespeare plays, uh, operas, all sorts of things. And they had this elaborate stage that had like a corkscrew thing that would go up and down. And um, anyway, I was on the stage crew. So basically, they would do their act and then the lights would go down and in darkness, wearing black, we would change up all the scenery. And when the lights came back on, then everything was different. So the scene was different for the next part of the story. And I wonder if this whole COVID thing that we're going through, isn't God resetting the stage for the next big plan that he has? Could it be that the sickness around the world isn't just because of the curse of sin on the world, but because God is up to something amazing, because God is going to do something amazing and he's resetting the stage to put everything in place for his next plan. Let's trust and follow Jesus and see where it leads. Uh, I'm sure that uh, when we look back on history, we'll say, oh, I totally get it. As we look forward right now, we're like, what? What's going to happen? How long is this going to go on? So anyway, pray, be faithful and lead people to Jesus. Do what you can uh, and know that God has perfect timing. So um, anyway, how old were they? The text says they were old. How many years did they pray wondering if it was too late? They didn't get angry at God because they didn't get their way. They were prayerful, trusting, obedient to God, no matter what. They're like, well, if God chooses not to give us a child, then I guess that's just the way it is. How many times do we wait? How many times do we wonder if God is even hearing our prayers? And then eventually he answers. What a great thing uh, to know. All right, number four. Number four, God may answer your prayers in ways you've never imagined. God may answer your prayers in ways that you never imagined. So we pray and we hope and we think that, you know, God might do something little. You know, God might make something happen, that he answered my prayer in that amazing way. There's been so many other amazing prayer prayers that have been answered. Prayers for housing, prayers to adopt a child, prayer for um, healing from sickness. A prayer for opportunity, prayer for finances. God has answered in so many ways, in so many amazing ways. Uh, God may answer your prayers in ways you've never imagined. 
So Luke one fourteen, uh, you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth about this child that they prayed for. Not only did they get a child, but they get a great one. You know, before Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit would come and go upon people. Um, that's why David prayed, don't remove your Holy Spirit from me. But the Spirit would come and go until Jesus gave his Christ followers the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, as a comforter, teacher, and deposit on our salvation. Um, so this child that they are receiving, this answer to prayer will be a joy and delight. Uh, the people are going to rejoice. God is going to think he is great. Uh, you are going to think he is great. Uh, He was also a little weird. Uh, He liked to wear camel hair. Uh, He liked to eat locusts and wild honey. He hung out in the wilderness. He was different than a lot of the other kids, but he was a great joy and delight to the people. And God used him to prepare us for Jesus. So what a great thing. Uh, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Uh, What are we asking for? Maybe we should ask for more. What are we imagining? Maybe we should imagine more. Maybe we shouldn't put God in a box. Maybe we should ask God for great things and expect him to do great things if it's according to his will. Uh, to not doubt, but to be full of great hope and expectation and keep praying. First John three twenty two. receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. All right. Number five, God's plans for your life may stretch your faith. God's plans for your life may stretch your faith. Uh, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man and my wife is also well along in years. So God may keep you in a hard place longer than you desire because he has a plan. God may allow you to go through some difficult life circumstances because he's going to use it for good in the future. God may be calling you to something way bigger than yourself, so big that you can't imagine that you'd ever be able to do it. God may allow you to go through some really tough circumstances, but uh, it will be good in the future. God will be able, at least God will be able to use it for good in the future. You know, God may be calling you to do or be something way bigger than yourself. So much so that when you uh, look back on it, you're like, there's no way I did that on my own. God did that through me. God did an amazing work through me because I could have never accomplished that, never achieved that, never have done that, never have served in that way, never have made it happen, never been successful in that way without God's help. God made me the man. God made me the woman. Uh, Hopefully that's what you say instead of look what I did for God. So um, because Zechariah didn't trust, because Zechariah didn't say, okay, you said it, I believe it. He missed out on the opportunity to talk about it with his friends. He missed out on the opportunity to share his great experience with the people around. He missed out on an opportunity until after John was born. Number six, God may take away opportunities in response to your unbelief. So sharing, uh, that's one of those opportunities that uh, Zechariah missed out on. So Luke one twenty. but now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. So, um, you know, there are a lot of doubters in the Bible and uh, God didn't deal with them as harshly, but uh, it must have been important. It must have been important to discipline Zechariah at that time to make sure that he was in the place that he needed to be and that he was going to be usable, that he was going to be God's man and God's plan. Um, Through that discipline, God disciplines those whom he loves. But 
Here's a chart, again, from the Life Application Bible Commentary about doubters in the Bible. So, uh, so many times uh, we hear something and we're like, well, no, God wouldn't do that with me. I don't measure up. Uh, He wouldn't answer my prayers that way. And so we doubt, but we need to trust. But just think about it. I mean, look at these great uh, people of God. Abraham, when God told him he would be a father in old age in Genesis 17, 17, he doubted. Uh, His wife, Sarah, when she heard she would be a mother in old age in Genesis 18, she doubted, even laughed. Moses, when God told him to return to Egypt and lead the people in Exodus 3, Moses is like, no, I can't. Send someone else. The Israelites, whenever they faced difficulties in the desert. Gideon, when told he would be a judge and a leader, he's like, me? Me? I No, I'm not that holy, righteous man of God. I'm not a mighty, I'm not a mighty warrior. I'm not a mighty man of God. Uh, no. Um, Judges 6, 14 to 23, Gideon doubted. And Zechariah? And then Thomas, one of Jesus' disciples, when told Jesus had risen from the dead in John chapter 20, verse 24 to 25, Thomas doubted. So, you know, I've often said that God often uses people who are faithful enough to show up. They show up and they say, God, use me. And God, please help me. I'm in over my head. If you don't show up, how can God use you? If you don't believe the promises of the Bible, how can you stand on them? You know, who misses out if you don't show up to fulfill God's call in your life? Uh, maybe your children, your grandchildren, uh, your co-workers, those people that might have been able to hear about Jesus through you, those people who might have grown in their faith because of you, those people that might have been helped if you would have shown up instead of not having enough faith to show up. If you believe, you will seek to obey the Lord. If you fall, you will get up. If you get sidetracked, you will recommit yourself and refocus. You will seek to be filled by His Spirit. You will look forward to eternal rewards and watch for a second coming. You'll be faithful in the little things, and God can then trust you with the bigger things. You know, one of the ways that we can truly trust God uh, is serving Him, giving Him our time, our talents, and our treasures. And when we give back to the Lord, when we tithe, when we give God the first part of our income, even when we're not sure about the future, even when we're not sure about the virus, even when we're not sure um, of what's coming next, When we give back to God as an act of worship, he can bless us. He can bless our finances. He can provide for us. We're told to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and he'll provide everything that we will need. You know, it's interesting that J.D. Rockefeller was a very rich man. And he said, I tithed on my first dollar, and God blessed me with millions. So I don't think that you should give just to get, but I think you should give as an act of worship and trust that God will provide all that you need. And when you give to help support River Rock Church, you help us to keep serving. You help us to keep moving forward. Uh, hopefully uh, you'll help us so that we can uh, get a building and have a permanent place to meet and expand our ministries and outreach and opportunities. And you can actually give at riverrockchurch.com slash give. But anyway, that kind of trusting. When we uh, choose not to trust, we miss out on opportunities. When we choose not to trust, then we may be disciplined by the Lord. Revelation 3.19 says, The Lord says, I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. Despite Zechariah's unbelief, he still lived a faithful life before God. Therefore, God still met him and gave him his promise to Zechariah and Elizabeth. God didn't say, well, you didn't believe, so uh, never mind. 
uh, the angel said, well, we have thought you were going to believe, but scratch that. Uh, we'll choose someone else. Next. No, God didn't do that. Actually, God knows everything about us. So he probably pretty sure God saw that coming. But uh, it is a great lesson for us to learn to be able to uh, trust and move forward in faith to the best of our ability. And number seven, number seven, God's plans might require a lot of your time. So if God's plan is for you to lead others or to teach others, you need to take time to learn, take time to grow. You always come out ahead when you put God first with your time and with your finances and with your relationships, with your obedience, but time so uh, Zechariah was in the temple. Uh, the angel was speaking to him. The people are like, where did he go? How come it's taken so long? Well, it's going to take longer time. Uh, helping uh, people with relationships takes time. Praying for people takes time. Serving and encouraging people takes time. A lot of things take time. God's plans might require a lot of your time. Verse 21, meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was gone for so long. So uh, we should give our time to the Lord. We should trust the Lord with our time. We need to give our time to the Lord. We need to give ourselves to the Lord. Uh, you know, a great way to um, follow after the Lord and give him our lives is by receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If you've never done that, uh, the Bible says that we're all sinners and we're separated from God because of our sin. Uh, the Bible says that if we place our faith in Jesus, that he can forgive us our sins to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to um, put us in a right relationship with the Lord to assure us heaven, to assure us answered prayer, to uh, give us the Holy Spirit, to give us at least one spiritual gift to serve, uh, serve the Lord and to serve others, uh, to be able to understand scripture. Uh, so many things come by faith in Jesus. And that's the greatest Christmas gift ever is the gift of salvation through Jesus. And a great way to come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is by praying something like this, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please come into my life and save me and make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow after you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us know if you did that so we can get you some resources or uh, links to resources to help you to grow in your Christian faith. So Ephesians 5.16 says to make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And Colossians 4, 5 says to live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Proverbs 16, 3 says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Uh, I shared this at the men's uh, life group the other day, but about priorities. Um, when I was in sales and marketing, I would um, do all I could to keep track of my time. So I had a wire bound day timer and I would schedule out every, every hour of every day. And I had everything planned. And if you interrupted my plan, it caused me to get up tight. So, and then I eventually realized that, uh, uh, people were part of uh, the plan and that they weren't an interruption, that they were part of the reason that I was there. So, um, I had to like tone back my schedule and say, okay, I can schedule 40% of my day and then I'll have some tasks over here. But if uh, somebody needs my attention, needs my time, I need to focus more on the relationship than just getting the tasks done. But sometimes we need to do that with the Lord too. We need to 
I just trust that uh, God will help us to get the things accomplished that we need to. But if he chooses to interrupt us, uh, chooses to take some of our time, that we uh, give that to him willingly and trust him with uh, our days, with our hours. So James 4.13, I love this verse, this, these two verses. These, I love this passage when thinking about now because we don't really know what the future is. But look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that that is so true. That is huge to remember that the Lord is the one who's ultimately control, ultimately in control of our time. Here's kind of a visual reenactment of uh, what it might have been like for Zechariah. Not saying a word. I'm talking complete silence. God was for over 400 years. The muteness from the creator of the universe. The one who said that earth is but a footstool to him. Was about to break his silence. turn many to the Lord their God. He will come with the power of Elijah. Elijah? He will prepare the people for the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children. But, but I'm an old man. My wife. I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. And it was He who sent me to give you this good news. You will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For what He has spoke will surely be fulfilled.
It begins. The ritual becomes radiant, and the faithful become fathers. When God speaks, the heavens rise and the earth bows. Hope grows where hurt was rooted. Time becomes eternity. And he leads us to holy ground that was once hollow. Yes, my friends, God is just getting started. So let me just read the the passage, uh, the rest of the passage, and then um, I'll let you go. But Luke 157, when it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. Verse 59, when the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father, but Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. Verse 61, what? They exclaimed. There's no one in all your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet. And to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. Awe fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Verse 67, That his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear and holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. John grew up and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. Hey, um, if you've uh, watched this on uh, Facebook, you could uh, go over to our YouTube channel, which is River Space Rock Space Church space mn so river rock church mn on uh, youtube and there we have a playlist with some uh, kids ministry resources uh, if this is a full-blown church service at your house uh, you could also look at our playlist of sing-along songs that we have but uh, that's our, our church from home resources that we put out each week right now until we can meet together again hopefully soon so uh upcoming messages next week what are we expecting for christmas Uh, The 13th, take time to be holy. The 20th, focus on the true meaning of Christmas. And on the 27th, find hope for the new year. We have life groups and many of them are meeting online now by Zoom. 
So the youth group is uh, just meeting online. Uh, the men's group is meeting in a very large room where we're spaced apart, socially distanced. Uh, I'm not sure what the women's group is doing, but uh, some of the groups are meeting, some aren't. Go to our website, uh, check out groups, riverrockchurch.com groups, and you can see what's going on. If you want to hear more messages or watch more messages, riverrockchurch.com watch or riverrockchurch.com listen. So those are all great opportunities for you. Uh, again, uh, you supporting River Rock Church is one of the only ways that we can move forward and survive. And you can give in person. You can give by mail. P.O. Box 184, Bell Plain, Minnesota, 56011. Uh, online at riverrockchurch.com slash give. Uh, we also have giving by text that you can find out on uh, the website, how you can give by text message. Uh, you can also uh, give... Uh, well, when you order things on Amazon, they will give a portion, a small portion back to River Rock Church. Uh, that is smile.amazon.com forward slash ch forward slash 03-038-3969. So when you purchase from Amazon uh, using Amazon Smile, you can designate River Rock Church as the uh, beneficiary, the recipient. You can do the same thing with your Coburn's Rewards too, uh, your Coburn's Grocery Store Rewards. Uh, one way we're trying to get a building is by selling our church land. So if you know anybody that wants to invest in 10 acres of land on the highway, be a great place for building a landscaping center, uh, multifamily housing, uh, all sorts of different things. Uh, we wanted to build a church there, but it's extremely expensive to build a church, and we need a building today. There's actually water, uh, city water, on two sides of the property. So uh, it is a, a great spot right on Highway 169. So spread the word and pray that we can uh, come up with the resources to get a church building. So we'll have a place to meet as soon as the COVID warnings are lifted. COVID restrictions are lifted. So Pastor Chris, uh, thank you for uh, spending this time with me. I uh, Let me just pray for you, Lord Jesus. I just thank you so much for these people who are watching or have watched. Lord, I pray that you would provide their every need. I pray that you would provide um, healing for the sick. I pray that you provide resources for those who are in need. I pray that you would provide courage for those who are anxious, anxious about the sickness or anxious about the future. I pray you provide peace and patience, especially for all the families that are stuck in their homes as the kids have been sent home from school. Uh, Lord, I pray for um, us to uh, follow after you each day and fulfill your plans for our lives with boldness and confidence and assurance and great results. Lord, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So have a great week. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.